Summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Will he offer me his mouth? Yes. Will he offer me his teeth? Yes. Will he offer me his jaws? Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. Again. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. And will he starve without me? Yes. Then does he love me? Yes. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you say that to all the boys. Welcome everybody to the Useless and Alone podcast. My name is Dog Bite Harris. I will be your host today and every day that I do a show, this show in particular. Um, you just listened to Mayday by the Roof Rabbits. That's a great song. Great band, great song, great lead singer. Um, so yeah, it has been a minute, man, and I've actually recorded shows and Deleted them because I just didn't like them. Didn't like the content. Didn't like the vibe of it. It felt too forced. Um, I have been on a bit of a life-changing journey as of late. And navigating that has taken up a lot of time, energy, um, mental focus. And... um, just have not been in the mindset to talk to myself for an hour. Um, 
you know, back when I first started doing this podcast, I was doing a lot of searching within and trying to find inner peace and balance and definitely not abandoning that notion, but I have been letting the old dog bite come out a little bit, mainly with just not (coughs) letting people push me around. Not letting people talk down to me. Um, especially online, you know. Um, also, you just heard me cough. I'll go back to that here in a little bit. Because I've got a topic I want to talk about here later. And uh, I'm going to save it. Because I'm going to start the show, I think. So as you heard, I just coughed. And if you hear any mouth breathing from me. <clears throat> if it sounds like uh, Blackwater is... Uh, is co-hosting the show because of all the mouth breathing. Um, he's not. It's me. I'm actually getting over COVID. Today would is a uh, two weeks of of getting that. So um, I'll go ahead and tell you guys a little bit about my experiences with that. Um, so actually, two a couple Fridays ago, um, I decided. To get my booster shot. Um, been about a year since I got vaccinated. <coughs> I work <clears throat> with people that are really high risk. And COVID had been going around. So I said, fuck it, it's time to get my booster shot. I was never against it anyways. I'm just a procrastinator who has a busy life and doesn't get to just go willy-nilly into the world and do things. So I uh, don't have a lot of time, I guess. So I finally make time. And uh, my thought process was, is the the second vaccine um, had some side effects. So I kind of wanted to play it safe. I wanted to do it on a weekend that I wasn't on call and do it on a weekend or, and do it on a Friday. So I could have the weekend to recover if I had a bad reaction. So that's what I did. I got it at about 11 o'clock in the morning on Friday, on a Friday. And by about four at work, I uh, was feeling the fever come on. I had a uh, chill and uh, just body ached. Like, so I took off and went home and I, I slept for 20 hours. Just fucking dumping sweat. Fever dreams. I actually, I'm kind of a sick fucker. I really kind of like that. Um, I fucking kind of like it. Having a fever and going a bit into the spirit world. And <clears throat> having weird dreams. and um, Especially if it's not like, you know, pukey. That's when I, I really kind of don't like being sick. Is when I'm pukey. Um, but... I wasn't pukey. I wasn't nauseous. I just was running a fever. My body ached. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, fuck. If this is a side effect to this vaccine, it's tough. So, anyway, so 20 hours goes by. I get up. I still feel like garbage, but I'm feeling significantly better. My body was aching. That was the main thing. And I probably still was popping a fever here and there. 
But man, I fucking, the body aches were bad. Well, my, about a day goes by, I start to feel better, you know? So I'm thinking, fuck, maybe it was just the, the booster. And then fucking sure as shit, I start having other symptoms. And start coughing, get congested, can't fucking taste, can't fucking smell. So I was like, I need a test. So I took a fucking test. And that fucking test was negative in about fucking half a second. I didn't have to wait no 15 minutes. So I ended up getting quarantined for 10 days. Uh, I couldn't come back to work for 10 days. So I just sat in my house for 10 days. <clears throat> um, luckily, man, it's about day three, day four into it. I was having some real problems with my respiratory um issues, you know, um, I was, uh, I couldn't get any phlegm up, and I know from past experiences with respiratory problems that that's when a lung infection happens, so that's when I call my doctor, and my doctor's Brad, dude, same doctor that figured out my knees fucked after two or three doctors told me that it was fucking just a sprain, this doctor told me, you know, in a matter of seconds, He's just been great. Figured out my diabetes shit. I've lost significant amounts of weight because of his help. Um, found out my testosterone was just insanely low for some guys, for a guy my age. So, but anyways, I called him. He obviously did a phone interview or a phone appointment. And he was uh, basically just like, wow, you sound terrible. He said, I told him what was going on. And he said, well, I'm just going to prescribe you some albuterol, some codeine with mucinex, and uh, some antibiotics. And if you still aren't feeling good in a couple of days, I'm going to put you on steroids. So <clears throat> um, a couple of days went by, I felt better. But man, this cough, is it sure is hanging on. And um, today, it's actually the first day my taste and smell really had a significant um, breakthrough. Um I never lost it completely like some people do, but it was definitely different than having a cold, you know. Um, it was definitely gone, probably, I would say, 85% gone. I could vaguely taste stuff. Um, and that was it, you know. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's going on. Um that's my personal experience with COVID. I'll tell you, man. Uh, I'm no doctor. I'm not a professional. And I don't want to um, get shut down. I certainly don't want Neil Young to threaten to pull his music off Spotify over me. But um, I feel like... Um, I feel like it hit me a little worse and, uh, than most people, but I just want to say, like, I think the vaccine probably helped me. Not so much the booster, because apparently it takes, like, the booster eight days to get into your system, so I'm thinking, like, it didn't have enough time to even help me any... <coughs> Um, but 
I um don't want to know what it would have been like without instant help from my doctor and if I didn't have the vaccine you know it could have been a lot worse um, it's been two weeks now and it's still just lingering on I'm still having problems breathing still having problems <clears throat> um, with the cough but it's not bad I've been sicker but it's definitely weird it's a it's a weird sick um, it's different that's for sure and uh it uh it lets you know it's there if if you're one of the people that feel it you know I have staff at work right now that that have popped positive because they sent the health department in to my facility and tested everybody and everybody but three people fucking pop positive for it <clears throat> so but we had multiple people that pop positive that showed zero symptoms. And the staffing shortage and the fact that our residents all had it and that it was just everywhere, they were like, fuck it. If you're not having symptoms, you're positive. Come to work. Might as well. You know, everybody's got it. If you're good and if you're healthy enough to take care of people and get paid for it, come on in because you're not going to hurt anybody, you know? And so that's what happened. Health department fucking cleared it. <clears throat> So, um, you work in the care giving and you don't have anybody to care for the people you're caring for and everybody's sick with the same thing. Kind of like a mom taking care of the kids when she's got the flu and everybody in the house got the flu. Mom's got to take care of the kids. So, but by the time that had happened, I'd already been put out on quarantine. So I kind of felt like a hockey player in a penalty box. Cause I was feeling good enough to work, feeling bad that my staff's overworked, my, my boss is overworked and my you know, everybody's just over fucking worked. I could have been there helping out. <clears throat> so that's the kind of guy I am. You know, like I've been on the floor. I work my way up through the company, so I respect what my fucking people do and what my employees do and that's a that's the kind of boss I am, you know. Like I don't ask them to do shit I wouldn't do myself. And most things I ask them to do I've already done myself. And so when I see them having a tough time at uh, work and stressed out, I want to be out there to help them. And kind of suck to be stuck at home. And um, yeah, I'm gonna might shoot myself in the foot here and maybe uh, um, hang my ass out there a bit. But I live by myself now, and I was not prepared to uh, go into this quarantine. So I had to mask up and go out and I didn't have a lot of money so I couldn't door dash every day and I'm trying to eat healthy you know so I, I had to mask up and go out a couple times um the first time I went to Walmart fuck I felt terrible walking in through the doors but when I got in there I didn't feel as bad because <clears throat> there's literally people in the cold aisle the cold medicine aisle Cold medicine aisle is completely wiped out, and you can't find a bottle of cold medicine for under ten bucks. And when you've got twenty five bucks to last you a whole week, that includes your food and what medicine you need, like that sucks. And 
But I get to the cold aisle, it's completely fucking wiped out. And there's literally like three or four people in the aisle without masks. There's a guy sneezing and coughing all over everything. Just loud coughs and sneezes. People are looking over, laughing, thinking it's funny. And I'm like, dude, motherfucker. Like, I'm like, got like two masks on. Fucking trying to hurry up to get in there and get what I need to get the fuck out. But then, like, you get in there, nobody's got a fucking mask on. And everybody's coughing and hacking. Nobody fucking cares. It's like they want to get the shit. So I stopped feeling too bad, you know? It's like, Jesus Christ. There was probably one in 20 fucking people in that place that actually had a mask on. And we're talking about Walmart. It's probably 400, 500 people in there all at once, you know? And, you know, I don't know, uh, I just released a episode of Double Talking with uh, Lester from the Pine Box Boys, and I really love talking to Lester, man. He's an educator, smart man, compassionate man, um, old-timer a bit, too, and he's the kind of guy I like to shut up and actually listen to, And but we were griping a bit about the pandemic, and, um, you know, I've stated multiple times that I feel like it's politicized and I don't want to, you know, I feel like I'm stuck in the middle a lot, you know, I feel like there's mistakes that were made by the people calling the shots, um, a lot of shit that just doesn't make any fucking sense, a lot of fucking dumb shit that just happened, things that should have been enforced that weren't, things that are being enforced that just don't make any fucking sense, but you know, the one thing that I was kind of griping about is, like, that was frustrating to me <clears throat> is that, you know, these small businesses had to shut down through this. And uh, places like Walmart, they didn't have to follow the fucking rules. Nobody fucking came in and checked on them. They're just, Everybody needs groceries. Well, then they go and people go in there ten fucking times a day and walk around with their masks down across their chins and all this bullshit, you know, and not helping anything, man. And, uh, that's where it spreads, you know, um, places like Walmart, it's probably the biggest spreader in America. It's probably Walmart, you know, and I walked in there and nobody gave a shit, maybe fucking 10 to 5% of the people. So I didn't feel so bad about going in there knowing I had it, you know, um, <laughs> I was safe as it could be. I did self checkout. I hauled ass in, hauled ass out. You know, I needed things to make myself healthy, and uh, I was not prepared. So, um, I don't think that me personally got anybody sicker than they would have been for just going in there. You know, America's sick, dude. It's going around. It's bad. You know, our um, playing it safe and our um, our uh, days of. Being able to beat this or over, I think the only way we get through this is to catch it. And I'm not a doctor or a professional, and I'm not trying to claim to be here. I'm not trying to tell you to go out and take horse wormer or horse dewormer or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, I think our best bet might to be to try to start building immunity to this. I imagine <laughs> that's how things, that's how they got through the plagues of the past, you know, is. A lot of times people probably just got the shit and built an immunity to it. Lose some people, and that's sad, and we like to avoid that if we can, but, I mean, we already have lost people, lost a lot of people, you know, 
And I told the story to Lester when I was talking to him about how, you know, I feel like um, COVID's cost people this lives, people their lives, and like people that haven't even got it, you know. Like my grandma was 78 when COVID hit, um, spent a year in quarantine. When you're a 78 year old woman who's depressed because her husband's in a adult care home and with dementia, um, and some of the only joyful days of your week is when you get to go and see him. And he, uh, um, is forgetting everybody he knows by the day, especially people that don't go and see him, you know, um, my grandpa forgot her and ripped her heart out. Um, she couldn't see him. She seen him through glass eventually. Um, she talked to him on the phone, Zoom, but oh god, my fucking grandpa's like 80. He doesn't even fucking know shit, you know? He doesn't know how this shit works. So anyways, also, when you have health issues and, um, and you're getting older by the minute... It's important to do everyday things for yourself, like go to the grocery store, drive, um, walk, cook, things like that. Visit with people you care about. Stimulate your mind. Um, and then my grandma just sat in her house and watched cops for a year while everybody brought their groceries and she missed my wedding. <clears throat> um, and... It made her sad. It made her get sicker. And it made her die. And um, I can't tell you that it's 100% the truth. I mean, she's old and had some health issues. But I'll tell you, she was doing a lot better for herself when she could go out and do things. Um, it just is what it is, you know. I mean, I wonder how many people have committed suicide or... Um, mental health is a big deal. And I think there's a lot of depressed people, a lot of angry people, and uh, that's obvious. Um, people have really leaned on Facebook through the pandemic to help them get through things, and that's not good because you read false news and people are rude and snotty to each other because they can't fucking get punched in the face through a phone, you know? So, um, then you had the election through the whole fucking thing, which made it so much better. It's just one of those things, man. But, you know, fuck it. I've probably talked about this shit way too much. And, uh, so we'll go into some music and we'll come back. Um, the song is called Build It to Fall. It's by Bryson Evans, who is Johnny... Bourbon's cousin. Um, this is a great song. He's a great artist in his own right. Um, and then followed by a gentleman I met up in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, by Miller's son. This is project's name. This song's called Fine Line. Super nice guy, man. I met him a couple days after I tore my ACL. I had some food poisoning. I felt really bad because I was kind of acting like a prima donna at the show that we played at together because I just didn't want to go in. I was so sick, so nauseous, and uh, you used to smoke in bars in Idaho, which is cool as shit, but at that moment was not the best for me, because I was nauseous, 
and I blew my ACL out, and I was so fucking just blah, and, um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so, we've got Build It to Fall by Bryson Evans, followed by Fine Line by Miller's Son, we'll be right back. Didn't build it to fall 
didn't build it at all Well how long can I hide from all I've become Where's that bad angel now Well you shorter that load for so long I suppose Hope and evil would show itself champion bodybuilder. You know that chest expansion program you see on late night TV? That was his idea. I was a juicer. You know, using steroids, diabinol, and Wisterol. Oh, they used that on race horses for Christ's sakes. And now I'm bankrupt. I'm divorced. My two grown kids. I wouldn't even return my phone calls. Strangers with this kind of honesty make me go a big rubbery one. Go ahead, Gwenez. You can cry. He was a welder. She was a nurse Grew up in a small town With that hillbilly curse They fell into line As if they'd rehearsed The best of intentions They dove in head first Most of his life observed from the side His fears and his faults he tried so hard to hide That his best fit ended his best fine pride Learn quick you can't fail if you just never try 
Cause he had been walking such a fine, fine line The noise in his head held him down most of the time Searching for something to clear out his mind Cause he had been walking such a fine, fine line Welcome back, everybody. That was Built to Fall by Bryson Evans, followed by Miller's son, Fine Line. Fine Line was the name of the song, Miller's son, the name of the the band, or act, if you will. <clears throat> um, oh yeah, got a show full of a lot of new music today. Um, <clears throat> the one thing that hasn't really changed... Since I did this as the uh, the track list, I pretty much kept it the same because I got so much good new music on here that I wanted to stick to that. But fuck, I've recorded this thing like 20 times, man. Not 20, but like 4 or 5. And just don't. Um, just wasn't feeling it. This one feeling a little bit more. Um, I'm actually laying here in bed. Um, I got a cat with me. Boo. So if you hear any purring... Um, that's just boo. Or if you hear, she'll, sometimes she goes ape shit. She's kind of like a gremlin. Um, 
she's I named her Sour Patch for a while. And uh, her full name is Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. Um, but I was calling her Sour Patch for a while because she's pretty much she got two modes where she's either really sweet or she's a fucking terror. And usually at about this time of night, she becomes a terror for about an hour or two. Sometimes I have to go and catch her and pick her up and I have to kind of hold her above my head and let her know how serious I am that she needs to stop terrorizing the house. Um, pretty sure she almost tore my, my bookshelf down. Um, she tore up a whole roll of toilet paper while I was at work the other day. Um, just runs around. She, I mean, she makes noise mostly, though. She doesn't really destroy too much. She's pretty good in that sense. She just scratches everything and runs around. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, I guess. I'm not, like, much of a cat person. I'm a, definitely a dog person, as most of you guys know. Um, so, me and a cat living together is almost a sitcom worthy. Um, definitely a new adventure. For me, um, like I said, I'm not a cat person. Um, trying to be, um, trying to be, um, yeah. But yeah, so, anyways, um, oh my god. So, one reason I felt inspired to, uh, to do a show is because of this fucking Joe Rogan, Neil Young situation that we have going on here. Um, <clears throat> it's a bit ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, one thing that uh, kind of chaps my ass about the whole thing. You know, there's multiple things that really do. First off, I'm just going to start off by saying I love Neil Young's music. Neil Young is a great artist. Um, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. He's been involved in so many great projects as well. But fuck, that guy can be a hypocrite sometimes. Um, I think when it boils down to it, my... My um, mixed feelings about Neil Young started um, by uh, being a pretty big Ronnie Van Zant fan. And those two buried the hatchet long before Ronnie died. Um, because Ronnie was actually probably more of a passionate hippie type person than even Neil Young is. <laughs> a lot of people think, you know, Skinner, Southern Rock, um, gotta be ignorant hillbillies, Confederate flags, whatever, but um, Ronnie Van Zant hated guns. Um, he hated violence. Um, he uh, was just a hippie that liked uh, hang out and be one with nature and he was a great songwriter you know a lot of people hear this shit give me back my bullet and that smell and think about a bunch of coked up southern guys and they were you know but at the end of the day i mean i don't think there's any races 
wasn't a racist bone in any of their bodies. You know, he hear the song Curtis Lowe, and I don't know if that's a true song or not, but, <clears throat> you know, I think they had a lot of compassion for black community as well. Um, they did fly that Confederate flag, though, which is a big no-no. So, um, but yeah, Neil Young has, had his issues with them for whatever fucking reason. And they poked at each other in the, in the songs and shit. And he's just notorious for opening his mouth for publicity, in my opinion. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. <laughs> you know, everybody says... Um, you know, because I made a post online basically saying, like, Hey, Neil Young, it's funny now that you have a fucking problem all of a sudden with Spotify when everybody who is an artist should have had a problem with Spotify a long time ago. If you're a musician, a podcaster, anything, um, Spotify is raping you. Um, my biggest problem with Joe Rogan on Spotify is that Spotify is paying him millions of dollars to do his podcast exclusively on Spotify. And, uh, I mean, who's paying that bill? You know, I make a tenth of a penny off of every play for my song, you know. And it's a lot of other artists, too, you know. And I'm sure... Neil Young made more than that, I'm sure. He had a contract, much like Joe Rogan, I'm sure. Most of the bigger artists do. Um, that's not very lucrative, as bands like Alice in Chains have uh, um, stated. Shit, I mean, the program I'm using, though, is a Spotify uh, program. I use a thing called Audacity, and it's set up through Spotify. Um, and it allows you to do a podcast and not get paid for it but you can put your podcast out to the masses real easy real simple um not a lot of licensing issues no it doesn't cost you anything you know and they give you like this cool little thing where you can have sponsorship and a dick up your ass with that you know you go you can make an ad blah 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 and get you know for every fucking 150 People that listen to your show, you get a dollar, you know, woo wee. Um, so they're fucking artists all over the board, and I find it ironic that a guy that <clears throat> the guy that wrote "Keep on Rocking in the Free World" is busting a podcaster's balls for using freedom of speech, you know, and Joe Rogan probably the most misunderstood person um, on the planet, in my opinion. Joe Rogan has said some stupid shit. He's done some stupid shit. But Joe Rogan will be the first one to tell you that, and he'll be the first one to tell you that he's not a doctor, and you should probably not listen to his advice. But he'll be the one that has the balls in the room to go try horse dewormer to see if it helps him get rid of COVID. You know, he didn't do that because he thought it would. He did it to just see if it would. You know, was it smart? No. Did it encourage people to do something? Probably. But you know what? These people 
that listen to him and take his advice to heart, which he clearly states that you should not do, they need to learn to fucking think for themselves and not look to people that call MMA and do stand-up comedy to fucking give them health tips on pandemics, you know, um, Joe Rogan has done a lot of cool things in a lot of ways, you know, people, people run their mouths about, oh, he had fucking, uh, he had, uh, oh, Alex Jones on his show after he said all that shit about Sandy Hook and blah, 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 he should have been canceled then, blah, blah, blah. But he also had Bernie Sanders on his show and openly endorsed Bernie Sanders. <clears throat> well, he said some transphobic shit once. No, he had a guy on his podcast that said some transphobic shit. Um, Joe Rogan has actually openly sent out support to the trans community. He may have had some questions about it. He may have said some things that some trans people didn't like, but I wouldn't call it transphobic. And he also supports those people just like he would support anybody, really. You know, he, uh, I think the day that we stop being able to think outside the box is the day that we need to really start questioning what the fuck we're doing with ourselves. You know, that's when the government is really going to fuck us over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's ironic to me too that the guy that wrote "Keep on Rocking in the Free World," the guy it's a song that basically is talking about how fucking corrupt the government is, is upset because a guy is trying to get people to think outside what the government is feeding them, and. <clears throat> All he does is interview people, you know. He's a, a a podcast host, somebody who asks questions and talks about topics. A lot of the stuff that he talks about, he doesn't even agree with. Um, it's how what makes a good host, in my opinion, is somebody who is able to get a variety of people. He's in fucking some inspiring shit on his show. I probably honestly only listen to maybe 25% of his podcasts, maybe. But the ones that I do listen to, I really enjoy. Um, so, I think canceling him is dumb. Canceling anybody's dumb. If you have a problem with something somebody says, or you think something shouldn't be taken as facts, go research the shit yourself and form your own opinion on it. Um, I think... Joe Rogan would agree that um, anybody who's taking his advice for medical purposes is a fucking idiot. Um, so, I mean, Neil Young wants him to pull his whole fucking show off. Fuck Neil Young. You know, who the fuck are you, anyways? You're a pretty good songwriter. You're not a fucking goddamn... Like, you don't fucking have that right. In my opinion. You know it's going to come a day where. You, the free speech is going to be completely off the fucking table. And um. I get calling people out for saying dumb shit. But. That's not going to keep people from saying dumb shit. You know. 
It's not gonna. It's how the world works, man. Um, so we might as well teach our fucking kids and to think for themselves and to look up actual good resources for information, you know, and not get it from podcasts that are hosted by Joe Rogan, you know. Um, also, the second we hop to and start agreeing with everything the government says is the day that we really are probably going to get fucked over pretty hard. You know, we can't trust people. Like, it's it's historically... Historically shows that we cannot trust the people in charge. Nothing has really changed. The rich people are still running the poor people. And that's not going to change. And they've painted these pictures that make them some kind of hero or nice people that we should trust, and it's still not the same. These people are in fucking oil tycoon's pockets, the Walton family's pockets, fucking Bezos' pockets, you know? And... They do not give a fuck about you. That's why people that work at Walmart still make dick wages and don't have health benefits. That's why people are crying because, you know, uh, McDonald's is, like, fucking happening to raise their wage and people fucking don't think that people deserve that. They think that they should make a dick wage. You know, they got you convinced that that things are worth less than they are, you know, um, because they are getting richer by the fucking second when we're fighting amongst ourselves and keeping each other down. So Joe Rogan's not the fucking issue here in the world. It's politicians, it's corporations, and it's the fact that we can't stop bitching at one another about dumb shit. That's the problem with the world. Anywho, um, I'm going to play you guys some more music. Uh, We got my old buddy Dank Jr. coming up. The Devil's Taking Me to Hell. That's the name of that one. Um, Followed by Jack uh, Rosier, I think that's how you pronounce that. O-R-Z-I-E-R. Sorry if I mispronounced that. This is Apartment 5. And we'll be back with you in just a sec. Sleep. 
It's gonna be a different day, but I know it won't And life goes on until it don't And that's what worries me And it irks my bones I bet they're all watching some shitty reality TV show And I tell myself I'm better, but then I'm the one alone And when the sky starts coming down They always got somewhere to go, and I don't See them sometimes when I play at the bars Laugh and dance through the words of my scars No, you don't need a heart when you got a guitar That's how it seems to be And if there's one thing that I know to use To kill these goddamn lonesome blues It's a handful of pills and a bottle of booze To keep me company And it hurts my bones You know it's been so many years But I can't seem to let her go I tell myself I'm better, but his back's getting stoned And if she ever comes back home, well she'll be hoping I'd have grown And I won't Things I tell myself to war and feeling so alone Then I thought that I was better being bitter on my own But when the sky starts coming down They always got someone to hold and I don't Alright folks, we're back. That was Dank Jr., Devil's Taking Me to Hell, followed by Jack Rosier, Apartment 5. Um, yeah. Uh, so, we lost, um, pretty badass last couple, a couple weeks ago. Um, Meatloaf, man. You know, uh, a lot of people talk about Meatloaf like he was a joke or a parody or a uh, um, a gimmick, you know. Um, Meatloaf was a genius, man. Um, some of the earliest music I remember hearing, my mom loved Meatloaf and played Bad Out of Hell, like, nonstop off the fucking hook um, when I was a kid. <coughs> such a good artist um you know he was 70 something bit young um wasn't the greatest health um but I think what I loved about him so much is this shit was so his albums are like one piece of not stopping 
flowing together. I mean, rock opera. I put him, I'd fucking put him right up there with Freddie Mercury or Bowie, Elton John, any of those guys that are really theatrical in their performances. Um, Alice Cooper. <coughs> um, his early stuff is a lot like that as well. Um, people kind of think about him as a shock rocker, but um, he had some pretty rock opera-ish kind of albums in his younger days as well. Um, they're orchestrators, man. Um, they're, uh, I mean, they orchestrate masterpieces, and that's a different approach to music in general and I appreciate the hell out of that it's hard to do um, it takes a unique person to do that and um, it takes a special kind of brain and talent to do that especially when you don't really play a lot of instruments and you're mostly just singing you know and I took my hat to him man he was a fucking fat ugly guy and I was a fat ugly guy myself Seeing him up there singing songs like fucking Dashboard Lights with hotties. And making out with him on stage. You know, it gives you hope as a fucking fat guy. That, that you might get a hottie of your own someday. You know? And, uh... Motherfucker, unfortunately. I didn't sing like Meatloaf. Meatloaf got hotties because he could sing like that. And he didn't give a fuck. You know? And, uh... Me and Owen Mays used to joke around about uh, wanting to dress up like him for Halloween and do a show. Um, I'd wanted to do it for years. I wanted to dress up like Meatloaf. Um, I didn't want to shave my face. That was kind of a part of what's kept me from doing it. Um, but I've, yeah, I've wanted to dress up like Meatloaf for a lot of years um, for Halloween. And then, how the fuck do you do a show for Meatloaf, though, you know? Like, you'd have to karaoke it all the way through or something, man. You couldn't have, like, a whole band do it. And then I... <laughs> I once joked at, like, this first or second ruckus. I put a note out there saying that my set was going to be all Meatloaf cover set. <laughs> People were legitimately taking it serious. It was hilarious, but... Man, yeah, Meatloaf, some of the earliest songs I remember, um, you know, I don't think my mu music necessarily reflects his, um, I'm sure there's Meatloaf tones in there somewhere, because I've been a fan of his since I was, like, three, and that's not no bullshit, um, so, like, uh, I'm sure there's something in there, but what a loss, man. What a loss. I mean, I think we'd probably got our last good meatloaf album a long time ago because you can't perform like that <clears throat> after a certain age, you know? Um, the, the, the range and the voice and the energy, man, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis can kind of do it still and Wanda Jackson, but fuck, they hurt, man. It's hard to stay at that level. And he was a big guy, you know, so. 
we'd probably heard our last Good Meatloaf album long before he, he left, but it's still sad regardless. Um, such a good artist, man, and, you know, his acting was great, played bitch tits on Fight Club, and played the pissed off dad on Tenacious D, uh, Pick a Destiny, and, of course, Rocky Horror Picture Show, I was never, like, a huge fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show, but I mean, he's been in a few things that are just good, man, just good, good, good music, um, and apparently, his daughter's married to Scott Ian from Anthrax, I didn't know that, that's, uh, yeah, his daughter's a hottie, 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 um, but yeah, Meatloaf, man, um, I tip my hats to Meatloaf, um, let me think, well, <laughs> well, it's okay, so, I've got a couple artists coming up. Like I said, I got a show full of new music. And I got a couple artists coming up. One is from Europe. I know that's vague. Um, I can't remember where. Um, I don't know if he's from Switzerland, Scotland. Um yeah, I can't remember. I met him through the urban drug uh Suburban drug dealers. Um, I almost fucked it up again, Aunt. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I found him through suburban drug dealers. Um, he was almost going to be a album through Ruckus and the Records before I decided to take the label down. <coughs> but um, <clears throat> Axel uh, Thorslin is one of the artists I'm going to play. He's a good artist. Um, I strongly encourage you guys to go back his pages and go uh, check out his music. And he's actually in the States right now. And this is how I know, how I know who this gal is. Um, Betty Danger out of Minnesota, man. Um, what a great talent. And it's been a while, unfortunately, since I've found a newer female act that I've really been stoked on. And she's got a fucking beautiful voice and... She kind of reminds me of a young dog bite Harris if I was a girl and talented. Um, she had a great voice, um, but she's got some songs that kind of hit me like a dog bite song would have back in the day, but better. Um, and I admire that because she's got balls. <laughs> this girl's got balls, man. And uh, she writes, she's got a songwriting approach like me, and where she usually seems to write songs about being self-destructive, um, not giving a fuck or being heartbroken and fucking sad. And, um, those are the two modes I used to run in, you know, and I can respect that aspect of somebody's life as well. I feel like she's honest. That's a big part of something that grabs me for songwriting is I don't feel like she's faking it. You know, when I hear her voice and listen to her music, I feel like she sings about shit that's happened to her. She sings about shit. Like, I don't think there's any bullshit in her music. I, uh, there's too much bullshit in country music or roots music these days. Got all these suburban fucking kids, fucking, that used to be into emo. 
And, you know, fuck, we were all in the emo in high school or fucking skater punk or whatever, you know. But, <clears throat> you know, the kids that would, they kind of make fun of the fucking poor, dirty country kids until they decided that maybe they had a, something going. And that, you know, well, we could pick up a, we could pick up a banjo and fucking play, you know, whatever, you know. Um, but the thing about Betty is I love her voice and I feel like she's honest and I feel like she's got a bright future. I feel like she's only going to get better too. Um, she's, uh, get into a, a good studio, I think is what would really take Betty to the next level. Um, solid band behind her. In a good studio, I think would set her on fire. Um, I think she's got a bright future. Um, she got a few albums out. I encourage you guys all to go and check them out. Go like these guys' pages and uh, go check out some new music, man. Uh, Betty Danger, I Hate You Tonight, uh, followed by Axel Thorsland, Piss Ass Town. Two songs I can relate to. Um, I fucking hate some people tonight and uh you know i'm not real fond of the piss ass town i'm from at the moment so enjoy those and we'll be back to send you motherfuckers off for the week um we'll be right back well i'm not at a loss for words but i'm at a loss for logical speech Caught me off guard Now I'm defending my character And it's making me sound cheap Yeah, I take the cheap shot Hit you where it hurts But baby, it's cause I'm weak I don't know how to be But you're the most I feel free I'm so thankful you love me Why do we hurt The ones we love more than life And why do we scream Our opinions just to be Trust you 
Maybe that's why I argue You're the safest part of me Just a clever name. <laughs> Who else? Uh, Crucial Taunt, and they're just finishing the set. I hear they can wail. You're right. Party on. Party on. Yo. All right, wait. Let me tell you about this piss-ass town. It's a hell of a town. There's nothing around except that I see you. You see me and the do-it-yourself mentality. There's a sitting around watching the sun go down There's a talk on the town who's been fucking around Nobody's free unless you tell them to be And even so, I guess they'll be just like me And I'm gonna be whatever they want me to be You better do what they tell you You're the son of these so else You know that's all there is and you will never look past that old horizon We got the outlaws and the in-laws We got the bigots, we got the faggots We got the rednecks and the A-raps The punkers and the drunkers There's the yokers and the smokers And there's a lonely man in the corner There's the lovers and the haters then there's you and me But everybody is just the same Just nobody's with different names We're all afraid to die today Well, hey, son, I'm still it anyway So welcome to my town It'll only bring you down Oh, get out while you can there's a curse upon this land And you're gonna be whatever they want you to be You better do what they tell you You're a son of these OLs You know that's all there is And you will never look past that old horizon Well, we work real hard and play real hard Then we drink real hard, then we do it again If 
you do me, then I'll do you, then I guess we're through, so fuck you too. So welcome to my town where the truth is nowhere to be found. And nobody knows a goddamn thing, still everyone knows everything. But where the bastard child's of broken dreams thrown straight into reality. But still we keep our heads up high as we sit around and wait to die. So welcome to my town where the truth is nowhere to be found. But keep your mind in line and you'll be doing all just fine. And you're gonna be whatever they want you to be. You better do what they tell you. You're the son of these old hell. You know that's all there is. And you will never look past that old horizon. You're the son of these old hells. You know that's all there is. Past that old horizon. Alrighty, folks, we're back. That was Betty Danger, I Hate You Tonight, followed by Axel Thorson, Piss Ass Town. Um, I know Axel's on U.S. soil right now, hanging out with Betty. I don't know if they got a thing going on, but I've been watching their YouTubes and they seem to have a little bit of a little bit of hit, uh, chemistry there. So maybe I don't know. Maybe they're just friends, but maybe maybe they they shouldn't be. They kind of look like they're, they're kind of cute together, if you ask me, personally. Um, so anyways, um, just call me Cupid, I guess. Fuck it, I don't know, whatever. Um, but And I don't know, maybe she's not single. Maybe they're just friends. Maybe he's not single. Maybe they're just friends. And if But, but if they are single, maybe they should, maybe they should maybe smooch or something. You know, see where it goes. Um, and maybe they have already. Maybe that was why he came over here. I mean, she's pretty good looking. I'd probably come over from Europe to come hang out and play songs with Betty Danger. Um, so uh, if that's why he came over, I understand completely. Totally worth the $1,000 plane ticket. Um, <clears throat> but if they're just friends, sorry to sorry to stir the pot up. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't know if they got any shows going on, but I would watch their Facebook and see maybe. If you could catch them live, go check them out. Um, if not, they're doing live streams having a good time um well shit i guess that about wraps it up for this week i'm trying to think of some good clothing clothing some good closing thoughts um i think this this episode might actually make the cut which is crazy because like i wasn't even going to record it um I was just laying in bed and I couldn't sleep. So I was like, fuck it, I might as well try to do something productive. I was on fire about the Joe Rogan thing. I have been for two days. I've been fighting people on the internet. And it just got me angry kept me awake. And I was like, fuck it. Try to do something productive. Something to fill your creative beast. You know? Um, so yeah, I, I've been busy doing the the double talking with dog bite maybe i'll get betty danger on that and axel maybe we'll see um i've been telling aunt from suburban drug dealers we're gonna do one here pretty soon too but keeps him pushed off but <clears throat> um anyways part of that was i kind of stopped doing it now i'm doing it again and uh 
done some great episodes. I did one with um with Sweet G.A. Brown, who's fucking great. Great dude. Fun to talk about or talk to. Um that did one with Dusty Rust. And we talked about how he recorded in John Fogarty's cabin in uh um Oh fuck, what is that place? Driggs. No, not Driggs. Uh maybe it is Driggs, Oregon. But anyways, it's East North Oregon. Um and then I did an interview with Johnny Bourbon, which is always great to talk to him. We just put out his album. It's out. Um, not for sale on the website anymore because I took the Ruckus and the Records web store down. Ruckus and the Records is no more. Um, on the next episode, I'm actually going to give a history of Ruckus and the Records. And I'm going to... Talk about how I got started. Talk about some of my fa- favorite projects. And uh, give an origins story of that, if you will. And talk about my future plans, you know. A lot of people have been hitting me up going, hey, are you fucking done? No, I'm not done. I just need to take a break, man. I'm <clears throat> This isn't working. You know, I think a few things have happened. Um, one, I'm tired of throwing money at shit and having it not come back second off i don't have a lot of money to throw at shit and in order to get something to work properly you need a few bucks you know and this has always been a hand-to-mouth mouth label i need to chill i need to take care of my own shit for a minute my life is a train wreck right now you know um i'm broke i'm just starting a new life i've got a knee surgery coming up starting a new job i've got so much going on i don't have time to focus on it i have orders that still need to go out from like two months ago i'm just broke i'm busy i don't have the attention or time or energy to deal with it right now or money um so saying that i mean i really I'm going to take a year, two years, however I feel like, to focus on being dog bite and finding my love for music again. I'm going to write and record an album or two. Um, Might fuck with some hip-hop. I doubt it, but maybe at least a song or two just to have fun. I want to produce some albums, too. I was having a lot of fun working with Mike at Sweatshop or Sweatbox Studios and we were working on Felix's album, which kind of fell apart. Um, which was really discouraging to me, but um, we uh, I want to work on some some albums and work on producing and try my hand at a few things. And when I do come back with a label, I want it to be a lot more organized. I didn't even know what the fuck I'm doing, you know. Like I want to know what I'm doing. I want to get a partner, so not all the the weight of everything is on me. And I want a smart partner that knows how to do things that I don't, and can really shine in areas that I didn't and it's more organized than me I need to focus on heightening the things that I'm good at promoting um, finding things um, listening um, finding good deals shit like that but I need somebody to help me manage money I need somebody to 
help manage Facebook and keep me off of Facebook. <clears throat> Somebody who knows how the media works, I mean, the new social media works and how to get the best out of advertising and marketing. And uh, I need to... I need a good partner for that and somebody who can keep books and I need want to do it right, get into publishing, shit like that, man. And uh and one thing's for sure, CDs are dead, man. Nobody buys CDs anymore. Um, so there's not even any money in music itself until you have a couple grand put away to buy vinyls. And that's what everybody wants. That's a process I've never even tried, so you know, I want to. I put my own shit out on vinyl. See how that goes. Get that process down, and you know, start working on making another label that's more organized and doesn't have my face all over it too. You know, I think a lot of people don't like me. You know, uh, rock stars got egos, especially rock stars that aren't rock stars that think they're fucking hot shit because they're in a band. Anytime you put somebody a guitar in somebody's hand and put them on a stage, they seem to think they're God. And uh, when you're promoting 30 bands at a festival, you know, at least a few of those people are going to walk away with a bad taste in their mouth about you, whether they think they didn't get paid enough or they think they didn't get special attention enough or they acted up and pissed you off or whatever. You know, there's always going to be bullshit when you have that many egos. We're all narcissists. Um, that was a joke me and St. Christopher made one time uh, together is St. Chris called me a narcissist. And I was like, well, we're all artists. We're all narcissistic in a way, you know? And the funny thing is, is we're all like, oh, don't look at us, but look at us, you know? And, um, but I don't really want my face on everything. You know, I think, um, when we do a label, I don't want it to be like, oh, that's dog bites label. I don't even want it. People to know them doing it for a while I want the label to make a uh, make a stance on how it's going to be presented, viewed and the vibe of it I want it to be based around the artists and the music and not the person behind the scenes it was like Suge Knight you know, that's what, like Death Row had some great bands on it but at the end of the day like Suge Knight is a very dark person and he's the face of that label and um, I don't think it did it any favors. We saw it happen to Death Row, you know, and uh, for me, I just want to start a label about good music, more organized, um, and I want to obviously be successful in music. You know, I want to, I still want to do it for my profession. You know, I don't want to work for other people. I don't want to, suck the corporate tit forever. I want the freedom to go to shows and be myself and uh, not have to answer to people. And um, if I could do that for my living, that would be amazing. But realistically, that's not realistic. So I have decided to crawl up the corporate chain as far as I can go without a college education to make as much money as I can to pay off bills, build my credit up, stockpile things, start learning how to do things right, maybe go to school, take a few classes, you know, and uh, bada bing, bada boom, maybe um, invest in my future and invest better instead of just being like, I think I can do this and then doing it real bad or okay. Like, I mean, I don't have any regrets. I put out some great albums, great music, but um, 
it was a learning curve for sure. And um, I am man enough to say that uh, I failed. <laughs> Not completely. Um, I have some great memories. Um, put out, help people put out great art, and that's a win in its own sense. But um, maybe some of those albums have done better with another captain at the wheelhouse. But can't sit and live in the past either, you know. And I can't let it keep me down. I can't just be like, well, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I guess I failed at that. Well, no, but I need a break. Need to breathe, decompress, figure my shit out. And that's what I'm going to do. So let's talk more about that in the next uh, episode. Um, so, but thank you guys all for tuning in. I think I'm actually going to keep this one um, off of the album. Last album ever released on Ruckus and the Records. Um, we got Johnny Bourbon. The song's called Mercy off of Live at the Volcanic. And we'll see you guys next time. Hopefully next week. Um, try to keep it going. Try to get another dog water out. Um, this week's guest on uh, Double Talking is Matthew Danger from West Coast Radio. One of my favorite podcasts. I'm going to talk to him about shit. And always just a great time talking to him. Hope you guys tune into that. Go tune into the other ones too. And tune into this. Go like all my pages. Um, Hanley's uh, Western Wear out of... Uh, out of uh, California, Northern California there. They are a uh, Folsom. Yep, there we go. Uh, Western store, um, kind of a sponsor of ours. Go to their website, buy some shit. Um, go support your favorite record label, record store. And um, always represent for Westside. All right, I'll see you guys later. I've got a few more for you. I haven't done an acoustic set in a long time, so this is a, this is a pleasure. Got one I haven't played in a real long time. It's called Mercy.
If an outlaw asked your forgiveness You'd take him for all he got left Cause it's harder to be a good lover With a heart full of whiskey and death Home is so far left without heart There ain't no good reason to stay Heart go on with no woman at home So much left I couldn't say But the sun still comes up over the hills And the state line will take you away Mercy me And love so sweet I'll keep you burning like a dog in heat Tonight is right for love With Meredith Master Burning We had a love that was so magical Meredith Baxter burning, burning, burning in my soul I'm not talking about Mary Baxter Burning today, no I'm talking about Meredith Baxter Burning that was on Family Ties 10 years ago Gosh. Come back to us. We're over here. Okay. Oh, sorry, Chef, man. Sorry. Okay, son, but this song is about Meredith Baxter Burning, all right? But not about splinter wood in your eyes. You're right. Here, have a taco. Oh, taco, great. I, I need a taco. Mm. Messing up my business with Meredith Baxter Burning. Okay? Mm. Yeah, great. Tonight is right for love. The rain is falling and Jelino is on Let's turn down the lights, turn up the volume and go crazy I'll touch your body and soul 
And change the channels with remote control Cause tonight is right for love With Mary Back to Birdie Let's give a South Park